0: Slice a fox, coach it in pop, give him his props. Here is a thigh, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news. But when you use a take, I take up Tony fire. I mean dire. Because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table. Fantasy fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table. Fantasy, fantasy round table.
1: Woo. Fantasy round
0: table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go.
2: What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Round take Podcast. It is Monday, September 27th. Uh, before we jump into talking about football, we all know and love, I would just like to say uh, that we are, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with Tabby and the Tagalier family. Uh, obviously, the passing of Mike this weekend was not uh, easy for for every for anybody in this community. he was a, He's a member of our community and a member of our family as well. One of the uh, nicest people. I've, I only got to have one conversation with him. I'm not gonna pretend like I knew him, uh, but he was very kind and took time out of his day to talk to me about what the industry was like. Um, I was very appreciative of that. Um, and obviously the outpouring of love and support that you've seen on Twitter shows just how much he was loved and cared for. So again, our thoughts and prayers are with him. Um, if anybody has a chance to reach out to them, I would strongly suggest reaching out to Tabby and just telling her how much he meant to them. Um, and then again, if, if if Tabby or the Taglier family, if any of you get a chance to see this, know that you can reach out to any of us and honestly, anybody in this community. We are here to support you um, and just and be there for you for, for whatever you need. So we just wanted to say that uh, he will be missed by all of us as well and the entire community and, and our uh, thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. There's no real easy transition from something like that, unfortunately, but uh, Matt, Dennis, you guys are both here with me on this Monday. Uh, How are you gentlemen doing as we move toward talking about football?
0: You know, I'm
1: running about a 500 week uh, on my fantasy teams. Uh, I'm not one who separates out my rebuilds. I include them in my one loss uh, record and, While I've got a few rebuilds going on, uh, you know, I've got like three games, I think, still questionable, but I'm at like 10 and nine on the week. So, you know, it was sad. It was great to see the Browns win. Sad to see Justin Fields suck. Heartbreaker to see my Lions lose, but cool to see us, you know, a new record from the best kicker in the game. So, I have mixed emotions
3: i feel like you forget a little bit how uh how crazy it is I, I think we talked about this on uh on friday you know when you have to go check your lineups when you have this many teams it's um it's not like hey five minutes i need to check my lineups it's hey i hope i have 90 minutes to make sure all the lineups are set <laughs> I
1: mean, uh, I I don't, eric I don't reed that. in two lineups two of my IDP teams. I missed Eric Reed. Now, I don't think swapping him out would would have made a difference in either one of those games. It seems like there was one offensive player I missed as well, but oh well.
2: Yeah, I've just gotten to the point where I'm in so many leagues that if I think a player is not going to make it in the game, I just automatically bench him because I don't have time to go back through Sundays and go through all my lineups. It's just I'm switching them out and If they end up going out there and balling out, so be it. I'm just, I'm, I'm pulling them out. So
3: at least you're not working on, on Sunday morning where if something happens, it's like, Oh, well,
2: you know, that's, that's, that is true. I, you know, It's debatable, and I'm catching up on all the sleep I've missed out through the week with all the the stuff I'm doing on Sunday mornings, but uh, we will jump in and start talking about week three here. We've got a ton of games, everything on Sunday to go over, but before we do that, we would like to say that we are proud to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can check out the hashtag TPPN. I just dropped my phone. You can also check them out on Twitter at, I believe it's at Pigskin Podcast. I just had it up, and now I, I feel like an idiot. At, it is Pigskin at on Twitter. They retweet all the pods on there. Again, not just us. They've got fantasy. They've got regular, well, we are regular football, but not just talking about it from a fan. if you're saying it, fantasy perspective. This is just going great. They have hockey. They have baseball. They have everything. Check them out. All the other hosts, I promise you, speak very very much much better than me. This has just been a great intro today, guys. This speaks to the day that I am having. I can promise you that. So we are definitely thrilled to be uh, uh, part of them. (laughs) English is not my first language, as you guys are clearly uh, seeing here. And reading isn't either. I'm not very good at reading either. Uh, We are also proud to be um, powered by Campstocanton.com. Check out all the shows that they have on there as well i do a very bad job of promoting that being a co-founder of the website you can check out their feed at campus to Canton. they've got debbie debate on there why wait till sunday three and out uh they've obviously got us on there as well we're proud to be a part of that website campus to uh, can yes did i not say actually
3: the actual podcast called campus yeah, oh Canton. yeah
2: i said check out their feed yeah, yeah they've got theirs as well austin and colin yeah they do an amazing job when they are definitely one of my favorite podcasts of the week so Before I miss anything else, uh, let's just dive in and start talking about week three. The first game we are going to talk about is the Bills routing the Washington football team 43-21. Matt, it was a tough game for Washington. Are they in trouble? We talked a little bit about this on Friday This defense, we all had thought was going to be very good. They haven't quite played up to the expectations we had for them, and it was a huge passing play for Gibson should they use him more that way. Yeah, I think we talked about
3: before, it didn't make sense that the guy who's a converted wide receiver to running back uh, somehow had no role in the uh, running back passing game. And you saw good things happen. That 73 yard play, uh, I was actually watching Red Zone at that point in time. So I got to see uh, that one it was a really fun play. He made really good play there. Washington, not a great start, uh, one and two. Obviously, got dealt a tough hand with Fitzpatrick being injured. They still have time to bounce back. The biggest thing
1: in their favor is they are still in the NFC East. Yeah, you know, Gibson's getting 50%, 57% of the snaps, McKissick 43. And it I agree, it doesn't make sense to let your converted wide receiver not catch passes. Hopefully, this is the the catalyst for Gibson getting more involved in the passing game i you know i in a couple leagues where i actually am using team defenses i've drafted washington and uh have been greatly disappointed with their performance i i expected more out of that front seven and, and they're honestly just not producing from a fantasy standpoint or from an nfl standpoint
2: yeah it's, it's been very disappointing the one thing i will say on gibson is he missed like a He's dropped a couple of easy passes, though, as well. So And I don't know if maybe that's why they've leaned more on McKissick at times in the passing game. I mean, Gibson had a walk-in touchdown in that game that he dropped as well. Um, So I know he had the big play. Obviously, I think it was like, what, 70 or 80 yards for the receiving touchdown. That may be why they lean on McKissick a little bit more because he doesn't have those drops. I understand it's just one or two here, but, again, a walk-in touchdown doesn't really change much for them in this game, but it could have mattered had this game been closer. Uh, Dennis, Josh Allen looked like 2020 Josh Allen in this last game. And what do we make of this backfield with uh, Zach Moss? Now it looks like he's actually getting some starting time here. He had a receiving touchdown. What are your thoughts on Josh Allen, the backfield? And last but not least, our favorite wide receiver, Stefan Diggs. Should we be worried about him?
1: I don't think we should be worried about him. Uh, He's still the one, but that team has so many weapons that if – Diggs is covered by the best uh, defensive back on the other team and there's a you know a, a large gap between them between the, the defensive backs. It makes sense to go to another wide receiver. you know Beasley's Beasley has been consistent. Say what you will about oh he doesn't have a ceiling or whatnot, but if you're going to catch nine passes for close to 100 yards every week, I'll take that floor, you know, and he gets into the end zone occasionally. Emmanuel Sanders is the perfect, you know, third receiver slash outside receiver there. Gabriel Davis would be just as good, but, you know, Davis is going to have to wait a year and – uh I think it's interesting that Josh Allen kind of needs to get his uh, get a little consistent. He's been a little up and down early in this season, Um, but it looked like Zach Moss is trying to push uh, Devin Singletary aside. He's producing when he gets the opportunity.
3: Yeah. I'll, I'll take the digs part first. You know, I was surprised when I looked in three games, he has 31 targets, which means he's averaging 10 targets a game, which, is not too bad. He had 166 targets last year in 16 games. That would put him on pace for 170 targets or, you know, 170, 175 targets in a 17 game season, which is right about what you're looking for. I think we just haven't seen like the big yardage splashes or the scores. Hopefully that will come. So you have to be encouraged that he's still at least getting volume. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, looked good. That was his first kind of big splash game. I think the biggest concern the first two games was they weren't throwing the ball that much. Now they at least uh, back to a more high volume pass offense that lifted Cole Beasley up to, you know, Been questions about whether he was a a worthy play. The backfield is a huge quagmire. Uh, Zach Moss, not even active week one has scored three touchdowns in the two games since got the lion's share of the carries got the lion's share of the targets. Was it because they were up? Uh, Is it because Devin Singletary had a bad week of practice, matchup-based? I think this is going to be a frustrating backfield all season.
2: Yeah, it, it's definitely going to be a frustrating backfield. You know, we had some hope that maybe it was going to be Singletary after he got all the run there in week one with Moss being um, deliberately inactive, but that looks like that has changed now with him being back. I'm not as worried about Stephon Diggs. I mean, outside of his first two years in Minnesota, he's had at least six touchdowns. I think that is kind of what's holding him back a little bit here. I mean, 31 targets in three games, that, just, that averages out to 10 targets a game. That's pretty good. He just hasn't been getting in. I think it's fair to say, too, Josh Allen hasn't really clicked until this game. Those first two games, it did not look like the Josh Allen we remembered of 2020. He looked like that in this game. So I think better times are coming for Stephon Diggs. I'm not worried about him. It's just one of those guys, you know, we talked a little bit about this with Devontae Adams uh, back in week one. Now, granted, Diggs has not put up the stats that, that Adams has, but Adams hasn't really had that touchdown That first week still got you 12 points. Like I think that's coming for Diggs. Diggs is going to be all right at the end of the day. Next up, Dennis mentioned this a little bit in the beginning there. The Browns beat the Bears 26-6, to and I think it's fair to say it wasn't even that close. It was a very ugly game for the Chicago Bears here, and that's where we're going to start. So now the second game where we've gotten to see Fields, um, and he struggled, Dennis. If healthy, do they go back
1: to Andy Dalton in Week 4? Well, you know, if uh, Matt Nagy is going to keep creating Andy Dalton game plans and trying to make Justin Fields execute them, uh, I, I would imagine, yeah, they're going to go back to Andy Dalton. That you know, this kind of reminded me of almost what. Uh, oh, who's the 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 uh, Gruden's Jay Gruden? Kind of reminded me of what Jay Gruden did with uh, Dwayne Haskins. I do think that Fields is a much better prospect than Haskins, but Gruden basically didn't prepare him and then said he wasn't ready. Well, he actively did not prepare him, then put him out there, and he sucked. And then Gruden said, see, I told you. Well, yeah, if you're not getting him ready. And it feels like Nagy was hell-bent this year on, I'm just going to give Fields a set of plays, and that's all I'm going to have him run all year long because he needs the quote unquote seasoning or development. I'm not going to expand it. And then when they get to this week and they have to play him, now it's like, well, I'm still going to run the same game plan because I believe in it, even though the quarterback has a completely different set of skills. Um, I don't know. It, w- it was hard to watch fields. He really struggled a lot. And, and he was ho- he did hold the ball. Uh, a long time, a lot of times, did not get rid of them, rid of it. And I don't know if the Browns changed up their front or their coverage, um, but we've seen all season long that all of the rookie quarterbacks have struggled when given extended playing time.
3: Yeah, the Bears line is dreadful, uh, which is first of all, and they made zero uh, adjustments. Might as well not have even had a coach. A lot of commentary about not rolling the pocket, not doing things that would have taken advantage of Justin Fields' mobility. Their coach came out today and said all three quarterbacks are on the table. They're considering Nick Foles, too, if Andy Dalton's not ready to go. So that gives me a moment of pause, except for the fact that they will ruin Justin Fields if they keep throwing him into those situations. So I don't, you know. I get Dennis's example about Dwayne Haskins, except for in that situation, Jay Gruden didn't want to draft Dwayne Haskins. It seemed like Matt Nagy and the Bears were on the same page about moving up to get Justin Fields to be a franchise quarterback. So then this whole approach makes even less sense.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not in the coach's room, so I can't say that they what they did or didn't do for the game plan. You know, when you ha- do have defensive players though, like Miles Garrett coming out and said they did nothing to utilize Justin Fields' skill set. I I trust Miles Garrett. I think he's one of the best defensive players in the league. And when he tells you that a guy like that should not be just standing three or five steps back every single drop, the fact that he was made it easier on them tells you something. I know there's a lot of people around the Chicago team that don't believe it's Nagy's fault. I just disagree with that. I, I don't, outside of Mitch Trubisky's first year, which I will admit that offense looked really good, as did Mitch Trubisky, I have not seen anything that makes me think Matt Nagy is a good head coach or offensive coordinator. So I unfortunately do agree with you, Matt. Like, I love Justin Fields, and I do not, I mean, I'm wearing a Justin Fields shirt today. I, I, I love the kid. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks already. I picked him to be top 12 last week. I I all do not want to see him go back out there. At this point, I would rather see them throw Nick Foles out there until Matt Nagy is gone because with that offensive line as bad as it is, I don't care if you had Tom Brady back there. You're not – that game plan is just not going to work, and I don't understand why they kept doing it. So we'll see what happens, obviously. I mean, I think Fields is by far the most talented of that group. Uh, but if they don't figure out a way to tailor that game plan at least a little bit bit more toward his skill set, I don't see much success for him this year, unfortunately. Uh, OBJ, though, Matt, he looks solid in his return. What are you expecting out of him moving forward? They did a really good job of trying to get the ball to him, and he made a couple big plays for the Browns.
3: Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. We thought he might start a little bit slow. He's only about 11 months uh, removed from from that injury. But nine targets, very encouraging. Caught five for 77. They went to him, I believe, on the very first passing play. Uh, so that's all an encouraging sign. I actually saw that. That was on red zone. The red zone was also hyped for the return of OBJ. Yes.
2: Yeah, it was a 13-yard play. It was very nice. <laughs> very first play of the game. Yeah,
3: And I... You know, it might just be me, but it seemed like the Browns' pass offense was a little bit better in this game too. So I think those are all some encouraging signs.
2: Dennis, anything to add on
1: Odell and his return?
2: You're muted. You are muted, my friend.
1: It was good to see him out there. I was afraid to start him because I, you know, how many times have we seen Julio Jones come back and be a decoy? Now, well, he's close, but he's not. just not quite ready. But if we're gonna, if we, if we put him out there, he's gonna draw uh, coverage away from everybody else. And so I was a little bit paranoid about uh, having to insert OBJ into a lineup. Uh, fortunately, I don't. I don't think I had to insert him anywhere.
3: You just need to know that whatever my sit recommendation is for a week, apparently they're about to go off because right we on. have now three weeks of evidence.
2: Hey, what I tell you is, is gonna be is gonna be a no tell game. He didn't go I don't remember what how many points did he score. I think Adam had him at wide receiver thirty. 12. probably 7. So that
1: so would I don't make think you he... what, Nostra dumbass?
2: No, yeah. well, that's uh, pretty close, I think. Oh, probably was pretty close to that. He had uh he had rushing too, so it'd be thirteen. Yeah, 7. he did. But, yeah, no, I thought he would have a decent – because, I, again, I, I did not think he was as unhealthy as they thought he was. I, I think a lot of it was they had Jarvis. The offense was playing good. They didn't want to rush him back. But once Jarvis got hurt, they really seemed to be pushing for him to be just fine and in the game. And, and honestly, one of, I think, the better early window games that had just a crazy ending, the Baltimore Ravens beat the Detroit Lions 19-17. to Another down game for the Ravens here, Matt. I mentioned this on Friday. I thought it might be coming. They were very hyped for that win over the Chiefs, um, and it seemed to kind of get to them a little bit with a high emotional win, seemed to play down a little bit in this one. Went obviously on, as Dennis mentioned, a record-setting field goal by Justin Tucker. But what is going on in this backfield? I mean – we talked a little bit in our private chat about starting Tyson Williams. I don't even know yeah, if he made the trip Talk about Talk Detroit. about being
1: Nostradamus. Because my goodness. Shit, Matt.
3: I, I made a joke. Uh, when he, I can't remember what the other... It was Sermon, which wasn't that much better. You asked... Sermon? Start, I had Sermon, Sermon. Drake, and, and Tyson Although Williams. Although Sermon, Sermon, I, I think, got between. a touchdown, right?
1: He did get a yeah, touchdown. So, yes, he he was so a lot better. I, in, you trust more, I right? made
3: crack well here this is going to tell you all you need to know i made a crack about i don't know about tyson williams because this could be the week they give devonta freeman 16 carries they didn't do that but latavius murray outcarried him and freeman was close and you know who still ended up starting tyson williams and i had sermon on the bench so, so did i have the same and case I, yeah. as you yeah. and even though i told you you shouldn't do it i did the same thing
2: yeah So are we worried about it? Like, is this, is this, is this something we need to is is Tyson firmly moving to your bench now moving forward,
3: not firmly moving to the bench, but I think this is a rotation and God forbid they actually call up Le'Veon Bell. That could be a four, four person rotation. Lamar Jackson is their best running back anyway.
1: Uh, Yeah, You know, we we all know Lamar is going to get a lot of carries. He's going to take a lot of carries, but for them to all of a sudden go to, hey, guess what? We're just going to give everybody three carries, and, and you know that's what it felt like. Oh, oh, excuse me. Oh, that was receptions. No, it was seven carries, seven, seven, five, three for free. It, it was just a nightmare. And then for them to only run the ball twenty-two times and distribute it amongst four players, but then for Jackson to only throw it thirty-one times, it's like. That just seems like an absurdly low amount of plays for an offense that is that dynamic. Um, maybe they played down to Detroit, but Detroit sh- has shown some gumption. So maybe Detroit just is playing up to their up to their opponents. Uh, I'm not sold on Detroit being a winning team, but it's a uh, I don't know that man. The way they they just hung us all out to dry with Tyson Williams, and I am bitter. You're muted, Matt.
2: I thought I clicked a button. I said, speaking of your Detroit Lions, it was Khalif Raymond's week this week. Uh, is it going to end up being whack-a-mole here in at receiver in Detroit? I mean, we thought at least we're going to be able to trust TJ Hawkinson, who wound up with a whopping two targets in this one.
1: I mean, I thought we could trust uh, Quintez Cephas as well, um, but apparently whack-a-mole is the game in Detroit, uh, like you said. Now, it was nice to see uh, uh, DeAndre Swift get seven targets and convert all seven of them. Uh, to go along with 14 uh, carries, so 21 touches for Swift was definitely nice. I don't think they've got enough talent that they they should spread it around. No, they don't. Get the ball to T.J. Hawkinson. Don't be a dumbass, Dan Campbell.
3: Look, he was just concentrating on the kneecaps. He didn't have time to see where the where the balls were going. I. I will say Detroit's probably the most fun 0-3 team and the most spirited 0-3 team we've seen. They We didn't think they were going to be great. They have some roster issues, but they are in it every week. They gave the Ravens everything they could take offensively and defensively, which was impressive. But when it comes to receivers, we have been waiting for one to come out of the pack. I thought maybe we saw something with Quintez Cephas because he got touchdowns in the first couple of games, seemed to be a favorite target. But I think for Jerry Goff, he's probably back there just looking for any warm, open body that looks like it can catch a ball, uh, which you know makes sense with the kind of construction they have. So I, I think we're back to I'm still rolling out Hawkinson. Everybody has a down game every once in a while. But in terms of wide receivers, I, I don't feel good about trusting any of them right now.
2: Yeah, outside of Hawkinson and Swift, that's it for me. Even Jamal, I think, has moved more to like a – he's probably a flex play anyways. I still probably would trust him in the flex. But, yeah, outside of Hawkinson and Swift, I'm not trusting anybody on this team. The Titans beat the Colts 25-16. Matt, is it time to worry about the Colts' offense? I mean, I really, really don't want to continue having Mm -hmm. to talk about Jonathan Taylor and not getting any opportunities because of Frank effing Wright.
3: I mean, you think you don't want to talk about it? That was the guy I pushed all my chips in in redraft leagues, and took him as my RB one almost everywhere. And that, you know, week one, you sort of made it because he got a ton of dump off passes. But we've seen in the two weeks since then, that's not really reliable he's splitting those kind of dump offs with Hines, and they're actually using receivers a little bit more. I mean, Pittman got 12 targets. This offense doesn't look good. They actually, one of the strengths the past few years has been the line. They didn't look particularly good on the line. We don't, we haven't seen the Titans have a particularly ferocious defense and they were getting in there a lot. Uh, I know Quentin Nelson went out again with injury. They appear to be a mess and they still have a very hard schedule.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it. I get that you like Naheem Hines. Jonathan back and a much better runner. I can't see any situation where Jonathan Taylor is not injured that Naheem Hines should be out snapping him, Um, even especially with Carson Wentz playing on 70% of his ankles. You know he's all beat up and can't move. The line has struggled and they are injured, it's it, it is rough. Um, but man, I, I don't know. You get, I think you got to trust Taylor. If you drafted him, I think that you, you're playing him because you drafted him in the first two rounds, or if you're like me, the first round. Um, but you know. T- for him to not get double digit points this week was was pretty disappointing.
2: That's 2 weeks in a row he hasn't gotten double digit points if i'm remembering correctly. I don't think he did last week either. He was is a bad week from last week as well. Matt, on the Titan side, we saw AJ Brown get injured. Uh, what do you think of the passing game if he ends up missing time? We saw Julio still had a pretty good game here, but AJ Brown likely I believe it was reported today is going to miss at least a couple weeks.
3: Yeah. They said, uh, I think this afternoon that he's week to week, whatever that means. I think we're all week to week. What we saw in the passing game, Julio, um, you know, he had four targets, which wasn't too bad, but there was a whole mess of people that got targets. Derek Henry continues uh, to get targets and to be a part of the passing game, which is uh, fascinating to me um, because that was the big knock on him for a long time. I wonder if that'll continue, but we saw uh Basically Ryan Tannehill spreading it around. Nick Westbrook, I'm not even gonna attempt to pronounce that third last name, got a touchdown. Jeremy McNichols Back from the Dead got a touchdown. Chester Rogers, a former Colt got a touchdown. So it looks like they're gonna they're gonna be happy spreading it around and they're gonna target Julio as much as it makes sense.
1: Well, some of that spreading it around though could have been a function of losing AJ Brown. So I mean, if you don't have AJ Brown, you gotta do something. Uh, I would have thought that Julio in that situation, because they lost Brown fairly early in the game. Yeah, it? really early. So for, for them to lose Brown that early and then Julio to only get four targets, you know, that's that was something. That, I mean, Tannehill only threw the ball 27 times, I and mean, he threw it less than Lamar Jackson did uh, for, for Pete's sake. It's, when you got Derrick Henry, you don't got to throw it that much. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I mean, you know, par for the course. But uh, I, don't know. I if Brown is going to miss any time with that hamstring, I'm curious what the, who's the new OC there in Tennessee? Anybody remember? I look it up. So no if, idea. You know what is he going to do now that he doesn't have AJ Brown? He only is he just going to put Julio in the AJ Brown
3: role? I guess I should have specified Tennessee Titans because uh, I got some guy for Todd Downey. Todd Downey. yeah probably a reason I almost I, I was about to <laughs> say the name and then I saw the word volunteers and that was kind of a clue to me that I typed I, I was too vague with my internet searching. So
1: well I I like I, I, I like what's happening with Derrick Henry, but you know we all knew that was coming. Hey, do you want to win your league? I know I do. And what I'm trying to do is I'm going to turn myself around. Uh, I'm using the Flash Update Pro from Football Diehards, the tool that helped Bob Harris reach the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame. At footballdiehards.com, we have a full suite of tools to make you a better fantasy manager. Rankings, configurable cheat sheets, mock drafts, consistency tools, target distribution, and much, much more. Go to uh, Football Diehards, click on Flash Update Pro, Use code ROUNDTABLE, all one word, ROUNDTABLE, to get 15% off the already low price of $24 and make your way through the rest of this season. Uh, Get the right guys off waivers. Make things happen. Uh, If you're 0-3, you're not out of it yet. Now, if you get to 0-5 or 0-6, then maybe you're out of it. Make some moves. Go get Flash Update Pro. Use code ROUNDTABLE for 15% off.
2: All right, the fighting Justin Herberts pulled the upset over the Kansas City Chiefs 32-24. MVP season on the way for him. It was a big road win for the Chargers. Dennis, are they for real?
1: Yes. They I mean we heard the talk about oh uh Mike Williams is gonna play that uh Michael Thomas role. Well, by golly, he is. He's getting, he's, they're funneling the ball to him. And Mike, Mike Williams is putting up some points. It was good to see Austin Eckler get involved. Uh, and and the, the game that we hope for from him uh, on a more regular basis. So I don't think we need any more of those week ones where Austin Eckler gets zero target games. But yeah, I mean, Keenan Allen is producing. Uh, Mike Williams is producing. Uh, two touchdowns. Uh, Eckler's producing. Uh, my only problem I have w- with the Chargers. If I could just get personal here, get rid of Jared Cook, put in Donald Parham. He's he's what Jared Cook, what we all wanted Jared Cook to be, with good hands. Put him in there. Let Donald Parham play. Release the Parham.
3: Release the par. Um, let's get that trending on Twitter and just see what happens. Uh, see if people look for context. I uh, agree with you that the NFL MVP is going to be in Los Angeles. I just think he got the wrong conference. Uh, however, uh, I thought Justin Herbert has looked good all season. It's interesting. They seem to be a better road team than a home team. Um, that has seemingly been the case ever since they went to Los Angeles. That was the case before SoFi opened. Um, but they seem to play Play better on the road i think the other big takeaway is the chiefs look pretty vulnerable um which is good news for the you know the broncos started strong the raiders started strong chargers have started strong that's good news for them might have an, an opening there
2: well it means go ahead go, no go ahead You go ahead after you i was just gonna say stafford can't win the mvp when the rams aren't the best team in the nfc east and the chargers are in the afc or the nfc i'm sorry <laughs> and the AFC. sorry that's all
1: I just, you know, I'm curious to see and, and like is signing Josh Gordon an indictment of Nicole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson? Is, is it just a and is it just an Andy Reid reclamation project like Michael Vick? Uh, you know, what do we got going on here? What can Josh Gordon actually contribute? And now I think same with- thing as on Bell last year. See, I feel like he, I feel like Gordon, Gordon doesn't probably have the pure speed that he used to have, but I still think he can. Much you know,
3: like on Bell, he hasn't
1: had a fantasy relevant
3: season in half a decade.
2: That's all right. Don't call it a comeback. Yeah. It's gonna I'm not. I am. I'm all in on Josh Gordon, baby. I never left. I'm, I've been here. Been waiting. I I'm, I mean, I won't lie. I still have him on some teams, and I'll probably pick him up on a couple just because he's never had a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball or an offensive quarterback like Andy Reid calling plays for him either. I'm How do you here.
3: spite Brian Hoyer like that?
2: Hey, Look, Brian Hoyer, the destroyer, was great for Cleveland for a year until he cost us a yeah. massive win. I don't remember who it was against – It was a really bad play. And I'm trying to remember, it was probably the Steelers because it's always the effing Steelers. I thought it was
3: a huge one over the Patriots, right?
2: They did be the Patriots. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking about the Hoyer cost them a playoff spot. It was a big game. I can't remember. I want to say it was the Steelers. He made like a bad play. It's just, it's still there. Uh, You know, just mixed together with the other 30 years of painful memories. So, but I I, I do, uh, I'm interested to see what Gordon could do. I'm rooting for him to have a comeback. I've always liked him. You know, I know people who struggle with addiction. It's not an easy thing to deal with. So to, to hopefully just see him come back and at least have some success on the field, I would love to see. Uh, but I'm with you, Matt. I think uh, we should be a little bit worried about the Chiefs. They, they've they looked vulnerable in every single game, even the Browns game. I know, honestly, if Baker doesn't throw that interception, I think they win that game. They were driving down the field. Mm-hmm. All they needed was a field goal to win. Chiefs don't look quite as um, rock solid as they have the past couple of years. And I will say, and I know it's like, you know, it's very frowned upon to question the God himself, Patrick Mahomes. But did they he did have it last to do the no-look no pass? Like, that. if you just looked at the tight end and threw it to him, it's probably a much better throw. It doesn't lead to an interception. Like, I know he gets away with it like one out of four times, but he also makes just some bad decisions sometimes. That, and, I mean, it, it's, it hasn't
3: cost him yet. Last night, but it's got, and Chris Sims. That was, I think it was actually Chris Sims made fun of him for the notebook look that he did through I mean, an interception.
2: It, it has not come back to bite him in a major way, but it's going to. I mean, I, I just, I don't, I, I'm. That's all I'll say on it. I know a lot of people are going to get upset with that, but I, I think it's going to come back to bite him. The Saints beat the Patriots twenty-eight to thirteen. Matt Kamara bounces back big, but should we start to believe in Marquez Callaway again, who had a big game here as well?
3: Yeah, you know, it's – the Saints have had a, a very interesting road. I was very moved listening to Drew Brees talk about the Saints last night since that is his old team, and he was very critical of their passing game, so it did not look in sync and didn't look like it was there and they needed to shape up in a hurry. We had big hopes that Callaway as kind of the last man standing was going to be something this year. He gets the touchdown in this one. I don't know if I feel like their passing game is consistent enough that I feel set that Callaway is going to get targets and production.
1: Yeah, the, the targets in New Orleans are gonna be very scattershot. I mean, he he only threw the ball twenty-one times. So there's there's definitely trust issues. I suppose the positive for that is uh Taysom Hill threw the ball zero times. So, clearly, they don't feel like they want to put Taysom Hill in and let him throw the ball either. But they need to figure out consistency somewhere. And I don't know. I I thought, you know, in my opinion, I think the Saints have a pretty good offensive line. So, is it just that the receivers aren't good without Michael Thomas? Is that it? It, It's starting to look that way. Uh, I I know Kamara had 24 carries, uh, and they may end up going that route more often trying to, to grind it out with the, the running backs. So um, you know, Winston, I think he's going to be, you know, we like to use this a lot with, you know, running backs or, or wide receivers, but it feels like Winston's going to be a touchdown dependent guy because it doesn't seem like he's going to get high volume passing and high yardage because of the
2: yeah, I mean, I'm I'm worried about everybody but Kamara because I just I still don't trust Winston. I mean that Mark what that the, the touchdown in the back the end of there to Marquez Callaway was a little bit lucky, and the fact that Winston just threw it up. And if you're watching that too, when he came back to the sideline, even Sean Payton was like, "Yeah, you can't do that again." Uh, and it was a
1: lot lucky.
2: Yeah, well, I'm just saying. Yeah, I was trying to be nice. It, it, it was. And that's exactly what Winston is, though. We all knew that coming in. So I, I do think having Michael Thomas out there helps, even if you just want to go from a scheme perspective of having some – it's probably not going to be the best cornerback every single play. But when they're not – when they're locked up on guys like Callaway who are just not as good as Michael Thomas. I mean, say what you want about him. he's Maybe he, he may not be anymore. It's been a little bit of time since we've seen him out there producing – but he was an elite wide receiver. I do think that changes the offense entirely because it gives you someone like that on the field for them. Dennis, do you feel comfortable starting a single New England Patriot player? And if so, who hurts you?
1: Why? 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 Why do you want to do this to yourself? I I don't feel comfortable. I you know there was a while there where I thought uh, Damian Harris was going to consistently get twelve to fifteen carries. Um, and that didn't happen. And then I started to feel after about you know midway through the second game, okay, I think I'll be able to rely on James White to get you know six or seven carries and seven or eight targets to get me you know twelve to fourteen points a week. Um, you know now, you know I just don't know. It it all comes down to can Mac Jones find consistency he threw the ball 51 times, uh, and only had 270 yards. I, I think Jones is going to be good. I, I think that Bill Belichick is looking at this and going, you know, Peyton Manning sucked his first year. And Troy Aikman sucked his first year. So let's just kind of get in there and get through the learning curve, uh, and, and figure it out. Uh, I'm probably as much or more disappointed in, uh, for some reason, Johnu Smith doesn't seem to be able to convert uh, any tight end targets into meaningful points on a consistent basis. And, yes, that's because I roster him in so many spots, damn it.
3: I mean, none of them can. They spend a lot of money on Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. I mean, Bourne did okay yesterday. I don't feel comfortable starting a single Patriot. You know, James White got nicked up, so that's about to see what his availability is. They're actually going to be playing a primetime games against the Buccaneers team where you can't, you know, nobody can run successfully against them. The way you beat them is with excellent quarterback play over the top to good wide receivers, which is the one thing it doesn't seem like the Patriots can do. I would imagine that's going to be a pretty tough game.
2: I still have a little bit of faith in Damian Harris, but that's that's about the only player I think I can – and I even saying trust him is, is a little hard. To, I, I agree with you this week. I'm probably not playing him going up against that, uh, that Buccaneers defense, but getting two points in fantasy this week isn't great. We've seen that, though, with the Patriots. It's one of the most infuriating things about them is you think it's the time to finally play one of those guys if they're having a couple good weeks, and then Bill Belichick yanks the rug out from underneath you and is like, I'm only going to give him one carry for the whole game because all you guys thought you could trust me, and he laughs in the background at all of us. So I still think Damian Harris is going to be a likely week-to-week flex play, except for this week when they go up against the Buccaneers because I'm not playing anybody. I agree with you guys there. The Falcons... Beat the Giants. Uh, I'm not really sure how that happened, but they did, 17-14. to 14. Dennis, what are we doing with the Falcons in fantasy? I mean, I was legitimately running down to the post office and printing up, have you seen ads for Kyle Pitts? Now, he did finally show up in the third quarter, but it's been bad. Calvin Ridley was outproduced by Core Daryl
1: Patterson, of all people. What is going on? I think they're just trying to, you know, Arthur Smith is trying to figure out what life after Derrick Henry looks like. And he doesn't have Ryan Tannehill to help figure things out. Uh, You know, Matt Ryan looks like he's cooked, uh, which I don't know what's going to happen with his contract. They're going to end up eating a bunch of money if they try to get out of it in the next, uh, I don't know, year or two. Um, But, you know, Pitts, I mean, he 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 had three targets. I don't know how on he actually came. Uh, three targets is not nearly enough. You know, Ridley, sixty-one yards on eight targets. I mean, you got to get him down the field. That's that's a ridiculously low, low number. And and you know, Cordell Patterson, we've seen it throughout his career that he is just annoying enough to screw up our fantasy team. So people are going to roll him out next week, go grab him on waivers if he's still available. And next week he's going to touch the ball three times and get, you know, four yards.
3: I mean, Calvin Ridley, you kind of have to play, especially with where you drafted him and he's still getting targets. Kyle, Kyle Pitts, I definitely worry about. Mike Davis, I'm moderating. Expectation feels like he's tracking more of a, you hope he's an RB 3 flex. Cordero Patterson, we made jokes, but he actually seems like the best play the last few weeks because he's getting volume in the passing game and in the running game, and he's legitimately getting the best opportunity to get scores. It's, I I agree with Dennis, Matt, Ryan. If If I had banked my season on a, on, matt ryan or counting on him to be a solid qb2 and super flex which he's always
2: been I- i'm feeling very worried just think they could have had justin fields yeah i, I think most people drafted kyle <laughs> pitts unfortunately to play him but uh, he still would have looked better yeah. than what Matt yeah. Ryan's done that, yeah, that's that's the bad thing
3: i know i don't know they can't block either
2: yeah. Uh, now, I think most people drafted Kyle Pitts, unfortunately, to be a starter as well, and that's just not coming true. I'm with, it's Ridley and Patterson right now. You cannot trust anybody else, and that that sucks because that likely means unless Kyle Pitts all of a sudden just supernovas here at the end of the season, I am uh, going to be singing a fight song here at the end of the season because things are not looking good for me right now in the Kyle Pitts bet.
3: Yeah.
2: Let's see. Who else do we have to talk about here? We are talking about the Falcons, and my computer is messing up. Barkley comes back strong with a solid game. Matt gets a touchdown and some passing work. We talked about this was his chance to break out, was against a bad defense, but are we trusting that now moving forward?
3: I mean, I was encouraged he got 16 carries. I was encouraged he got in the end zone. I was encouraged he got some targets. I honestly thought the entire Giants offense would be better. I'm kind of hoping Jason Garrett and Matt Nagy get a private one-way trip to a third-world country and we never have to hear from them again at this point in time because, you know, I do not understand how the, the Giants lost this game. They they looked pretty darn good against good defenses and looked pretty darn inept in terms of scoring points. Now, I know Satan got injured – Shepard got injured. Those are probably all, you know, good things for Barkley going forward. Uh, I think his usage is going to continue to increase. I am back to feeling confident, at least, that he should be started.
1: Yeah, I, you know, the the Falcons are going to win somewhere. I mean, w- we saw Houston, who we all thought was going to be lucky to win one game, come out of the gate and win their first game, so. You know, we, we knew the Falcons were going to win a few games this year. And I think we all pegged the Giants as being one of those teams that was going to have winnable games for teams that were probably – I mean, we, we kind of all – you know, it's Jason Garrett for whatever reason. We all kind of hate Jason Garrett. Now, Saquon Barkley uh, getting 23 touches – I think bodes well going forward. Uh, seven targets, caught six of them. You know The volume is going to be there for Barkley, and hopefully on the team I drafted Jonathan Taylor in the first round, uh, Saquon Barkley, whom I drafted in the second round, saves my butt. That's because I've started, Owen, I think, 0-3 in that league. Um, I, it was bu- a bummer to see Slayton go out because I think he's been playing well. Shepard has been playing really, really well, um, but then Colin Johnson came in and, and got a bunch of targets. Galladay's hamstring started acting up. Uh, maybe this is where Kadarius Tony steps in and shows that it, he really wasn't a wasted first-round pick. Uh, it's going to be, you know, interesting to see because I do think that uh, who's that other cat they had out there? C.J. Board. Uh, I I do think that he's probably your um, you know your white paper uh, wide receiver five special teamer. Um, so you guys know we're part of the uh, Pigskin Podcast Network. We're happy to be there, and we have a partnership now with DraftKings. Uh, week three of football is in the books. While we've got Monday Night Football, uh, and it's time to review the tape and get ready for Week four with DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving customers uh, $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head over to the DraftKings Sports app now, place a bet of $1, like numero uno, cinco dinero, uh, for any one game and receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free, F-R-E-E, free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN. I repeat, use code TPPN to receive $150 on any football game. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com.
2: All right, so let's move on and talk about the next game here, and that is the Bengals beating the Steelers 24-10. to Matt, is Jamar Chase a wide receiver one for fantasy? We know he's number one for the Bengals, and he's number one in Joe Burrow and our hearts, but is he a number one fantasy wide receiver?
3: I think so, especially in a year that's been so up and down, four touchdowns in three games. He has good chemistry with Burrow. They seem to be getting that offense clicking, and I think we see Cincinnati as a team that's going to be down or need to throw, um, which creates good opportunity.
1: You know, I expected Jamar Chase was going to be good. Um, I sold him short. I don't know if it's how much of this – This past week was because T. Higgins was out. Higgins was getting a a good volume. Chase was not getting the volume, but he was making the big plays. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens when Higgins comes back. Uh, But, man, Chase is uh, apparently somewhere between the last preseason game and week one, uh, he drank a catch-the-ball elixir or something, and now uh, he's catching the ball really, really, really well.
2: Yeah, he's he has been absolutely phenomenal. You know, I someone posted a video about this. I think it was actually one of the after the preseason touchdown, but it was still really cool to see the uh, the mixture of him, and Joe Burrow throwing it um, to him, and him changing from the Bengals uniform to the LSU one. It was it was awesome to see, and they they definitely got that LSU magic going here. So it is is awesome to see uh, on the Steelers side here. Dennis Najee Harris has a huge game, but is a big Ben washed.
1: Yes, he is. He is T-H-R-U through. Uh, I mean, it's Ben looks awful. Um, the downside, if there is one to that, uh, is that I don't think Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins is going to provide a whole heck of a lot more right now other than a stronger arm. But neither if they have the ability that Ben does Ben's issue isn't so much that his mind isn't there it's that his body just isn't his body just can't execute what his mind is telling him um, I mean the game gets us all and the game is getting Ben. Uh, and I don't know 19 targets for Najee Harris I guess is good if you're a not if you Roger not roster Najee Harris that's that's really good uh, I don't know how sustainable that is, um, but yeah, Ben is watched.
3: Yeah, I mean, we forget because Tom Brady's out there, but you know, there's a late 30s is substantial well, for quarterbacks. Well, one
1: of them, one of them spent the last 20 years eating kale and white rice, and the other one eating chicken tenders and uh, French fries.
3: Yeah, but it's not even just him. So if you look at the celebrated draft class he came in with, Eli Manning's been retired. This is his second year in retirement. Phillip Rivers retired after last year, and looked. both those guys look like they had lost something even the last couple of years they were playing. So it can't be that big of a surprise, especially some of the injuries he's had. Their offensive line is terrible, so that's a real problem because they can't get any kind of running game sustained even though they would really like to. I mean, 2.9 yards a carry isn't getting it done, especially when you get behind, but it's the sloppy mistakes he's making. I mean, that are they're just murdering the Steelers and yet they have to I mean, he had to throw 58 times. This offense is a hot mess.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I'd, we, I'm pretty sure we were all in on that, at least having a good record. I know I didn't have them in the playoffs. I don't remember if either one of you did, but we all had them, I'm pretty sure, right around like the eight-win mark. That almost seems questionable right now with as bad as they've looked. Um, I don't think it's sustainable for Najee, only because I think when Deontay comes back, he's going to get a lot of those dump-offs. I think that was a big reason why Najee – uh, did what he did last week. And matter of fact, I'm a little bit worried about that because once Deontay comes back, I feel like Najee's, hair, uh, Najee's uh, value right now for this season starts to go back down the toilet because I don't know how many more dump-offs he's going to get. Clearly, that offensive line cannot open a hole for him to save their lives.
1: Dennis? So, be- before oh, you move ahead. on, I just yeah. want to say au revoir or I'll see you later. Uh, again, we will see
2: you again on Friday. Have a great day. Thanks, both. All right, Matt. So the Cardinals beat the Jags here 31 to 19. It didn't look like the Cardinals are going to win this game for quite a while. The Jaguars were doing a pretty good job of controlling this. It was a huge day though, for Arizona's running backs. How confident are you and which, and uh, which Cardinals receiver should we be in these Cardinals receivers week to week? There we go again, reading, not my strong. Yeah, sorry. Uh, you know, a week after Rondell Moore looks
3: incredible, they naturally didn't use him at all. Uh, You know. And instead, we get a big A.J. Green game. I know DeAndre Hopkins got injured. I think they're almost the... Inverse of the Lions, where the Lions don't have a clear great receiver and so they're just kind of throwing to whoever's open. The Cardinals seem to have so many good receiving options that they're just throwing to who's open, which is great for NFL terms, but it's going to be brutal for fantasy. We're seeing a lot of up and down play right now.
2: Yeah, I'm not that worried about it. like obviously Hopkins if he's if he's back in healthy week 4 he's going to be in your lineup. I still feel comfortable putting more in my flex. I know Green had a big game here, but we also have to remember that there's realistically very few wide receivers who are the DeVonte Adams and DeAndre Hopkins of the world that are consistent every single Week. A lot of these guys sometimes don't come up with these big games. Again, you know, there's have been times in the past, actually, where Hopkins, I know he only got two points because of the injury, but he's only gotten you six points or seven points a game, and we feel like that's a slight because he didn't get you – to double digits but there's sometimes these guys have bad games they are not going to produce 20 point games every single week um and while i'm not putting rondell up in that category i just i think that he is going to be the wide receiver too there i'm still fine I'm starting him in my flex so just sometimes i was just confused
3: yeah i guess i was just confused by the the usage i know a lot of people definitely yeah were. trust um, me yeah
2: i was all over twitter
3: yesterday because i I get not catching the ball, but it didn't even seem like they were targeting or uh, he was even part of the game plan, which seemed a little weird.
2: On Jacksonville's side, Urban O'Brien actually started James Robinson here, and he looked like the 2020 James Robinson. We'll get to the O'Brien part here in a minute. Um, Is this a sign of things to come with him? And how do you feel about Chark? Had a really nice touchdown catch in the back of the end zone.
3: Yeah, it seems like after week one, um, you know, the whole Carlos Hyde fervor has subsided. James Robinson is fairly uh, consistently now getting more carries than him, looking good. He's getting targets in the passing game. So I do feel better there. Chark, it was great to see him get a touchdown. Um, It still seems like Marvin Jones is the guy, is more of a go-to guy, but it's a promising sign that we might be seeing a little bit of a corner turn there because I know you, like me, I love his talent. I thought he was going to be the guy.
2: Yeah, I I am excited to see if they can continue to grow together. Just want to mention, um, and I'm not worried about Robinson. I think I've been saying, I know I've been saying this entire time, I'm not worried about it. He's eventually going to be the guy. That seems like that's going to happen now moving forward. So Robinson wheels up. Chark, I hope to continue seeing it. CJ Henderson for Dan Arnold like he's seriously Bill O'Briening this team and it's gonna it's gonna end bad that makes no sense to me whatsoever we we can spend more time talking about that on Wednesday well, but that's just oh my god
3: I was also kind of curious the the Panthers must really have loved what they're seeing from Tommy Trumbull because they want to oh, yeah. sign Dan Arnold to a free agent deal and he actually was fairly decently used weeks two and three Um I thought that was fascinating too. And I don't know why they think a tight end is going to make a difference for the Jaguars right now. They need, Unless Dan Argold is secretly playing left tackle.
2: Because it's Urban Meyer. That's why it doesn't make any sense. None of this has since he's shown up there. Your Denver Broncos blank the Jets. 26-2-0. I mean, like, that's about all no. I got for the Jets. Like it's not I'm not going to kick the Jets
3: while they're down. They're a work in progress.
2: They're not good. Their offensive line sucks. They need a franchise quarterback. They don't have a franchise wide Steve, is that good enough? Should we move on now? Need a franchise Steve. running back.
3: Please don't clip this for Felix. He's
2: going to no. come for you. What's wrong with what I said? KJ Hamler gets hurt. Uh, news came out today that he has a torn ACL. Looks like he will be out for the season. We got Jerry Judy is already out as well. What are you now expecting from Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton?
3: Uh, you know they're going to be the the primary guys. Tim Patrick, all he has done his entire career with Denver, now going in fourth year, is step up when people are out and make plays. Had a touchdown each of the first two games. Yesterday, led them with five receptions, ninety-eight yards. I think he needs to be on everyone's roster. We'll touch on a couple waiver wire uh, folks at the end of the at the end of the episode since we're not going to be on tomorrow. But Tim Patrick. You know he's been good. I think Cortland Sutton's been good. Their pass defense or the pass offense has been decent. They had a very soft schedule to start. I'm interested to see if they're going to play Ravens, Steelers, Raiders, Browns. They will get a a better test than they did the first three weeks.
2: Yeah, I mean at least they've got a a, a soft matchup in between some of those and the Steelers. They should be all right there. Uh, I, I'm with you. I mean again. Tim Patrick, he almost won me a championship. I guess I can't keep blame that on him. It's more on Case Keenum, and I love Cortland Sutton. He's been he's been awesome these past couple weeks. And with as good as Teddy's looked, I think you've got to you got to be starting both of them. The Rams beat the Buccaneers thirty four to twenty four. Matt, is the lack of the running game an issue for the Buccaneers? or Do you think it was just a bad game?
3: No, I mean, I think we've seen this uh, all three weeks now. They've really struggled. Not In the first week, it was not only did they struggle to get yards against Dallas, the running backs kept turning the ball over and giving it back to Dallas. Uh, but yesterday, 43-year-old Tom Brady was their leading rusher, and uh, he and Chris Godwin were the ones that got the goal line carries. You can't be a championship team if you can't run the ball at all. And right now, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, Giovanni Bernard, they're big names. They're not, get, they're not cutting it.
2: Yeah, it's it's a it's just an absolute mess. He keeps switching out who's going to be a starter this week, that week, and it just doesn't matter. I think Bernard got hurt too. He looked the best in the game yesterday, and then he gets hurt. I, I mean, you're if you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, hopefully Gronk comes back healthy. Uh, I have a couple shares of Gronk right now. Like you're, I think you're kind of happy that it's not working because that just means Brady's going to throw the ball like fifty times every game now at this point. Yeah. is Matthew Stafford in the MVP conversation? We know he's not going to win it because Justin Herbert's going to win it, but is Matt Stafford in the conversation?
3: Yeah, I mean, he's got uh, 928 yards, nine touchdowns, one interception, in three games. So he's averaging over 300 yards and three touchdowns. Rams are 3-0. They just beat the defending Super Bowl champions. He's completing 70% of his passes. So I think that's everything you're looking for from a quarterback who, by the way, also doesn't have a running game.
2: Yeah, I have I, I mean Ram, we all talked about it when the Rams made this move. It was a great move for them, and, and as long as he stays healthy, I, I don't see how I I would uh, I still think the Packers are gonna end up being the best team, but man, the Rams look scary. They they really do look like a good team right now. The Vikings beat the Seahawks here 32-17. The Seahawks defense seem to be struggling. Is this a cause for concern for this team, Matt?
3: Yeah, because we've seen after three weeks now, the Colts don't really have much of an offense. Uh, so the the points that they put up to keep it close uh, are probably indicative of the Seahawks not having a good defense. They got railed at home against Tennessee, who had looked flat. They got destroyed yesterday by the Vikings. Their offense is decent, but not good enough to overcome giving up 30-plus points a game.
2: Yeah, I mean, I talked a lot about it at the beginning of the season. That's why I picked him not to make the playoffs and finish fourth in this division. I, I wasn't – I'll be honest, I wasn't that sold on their offense either. We've seen some issues with that. Pete Carroll calling out Russell Wilson. And then this defense is just not the defense we're used to anymore. I, I'm i am kind of out on the Seahawks this year. I have no doubt they'll be able to turn it around, but I'm not in on them this year. Tyler Conklin finally shows up. Seven catches for 70 yards and a touchdown. Are we believing in him? Has this officially put the final nail in the coffin for Chris Herndon?
3: Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen Chris Herndon do anything. It seemed like uh, they they liked Conklin, Seven for 70 in a touchdown is good, but he's had 16 targets in three games, caught 13 for 126 in a touchdown. So he's been involved in getting targets, but I think this will finally put it away. Uh, Chris Herndon not going to be a thing.
2: Yes, I, I did get um, the obituary in the mail this morning, so I'm a f- I'm pretty sure that you are correct. I don't I don't think there's any. Com- Maybe he can undertake it if I had the gift, you know. I'd, I'd put it, but I I, I think that is uh, very slim at this point. The Raiders keep on winning. They beat the Dolphins here, thirty-one to twenty-eight. Matt, the Dolphins fought hard in this, but they come up short. Twenty-two combined receptions for Jalen Waddle and Mike Asicki. Your thoughts on them moving forward, at least right now with Jacoby Brissett, who we know will be the quarterback for at least two more weeks as they put Tua on short-term IR on Sunday.
3: Yeah, they still are not uh, able to run incredibly well. Gaskin, 65 yards on 13 carries, looked a little bit better. Malcolm Brown was able to get into a touchdown, but it seems like with Brissett especially, they're looking at these short passes, uh, 12 receptions for 58 yards has to be one of the stranger stat lines you're ever going to see for a, a number one receiver. But Waddle seems to thrive in that area. And I, this might actually be good for Mike Kosicki. We wondered, was he you know, out of it completely? Yesterday, he got 12 targets, caught 10 balls for 86 yards. That's pretty good.
2: Yeah, I was trying to pull up Jacoby Brissett stats because I want to say he threw the ball. For, it was over 30 sometimes. times. He,
3: he did. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. He threw it 49 times. 49 through, times
2: and didn't get over for yards. Yards. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He didn't even get to 300 yards. I knew it was under 300. That just shows you how close yeah, so to the line he was going everything. He
3: averaged 4.4 4 yards per attempt. Yeah.
2: I mean, again, we we said that this was going to be Waddle's game. It just happens to be now it's doing it with Jacoby Brissett instead of Tua. You know, I think I don't even trust Gusecki, if I'm being honest. It's just Waddle for me in this offense. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to continue to trust Gaskin because I think he's good. But the fact that they had all those plays close to the line and Gaskin didn't get any of that work does worry me. I have... I, I, I just don't know that he's going to get the rushing work, and now that he's not getting any receiving work either, I'm starting to think I might, I'm might i going to be out on Gaskin here moving
3: forward. Well, he did get three, but only nine yards on six yeah. targets.
2: Not incredible. And, of course, the running back we all roster and thought was going to be good here in Las Vegas, Peyton Barber. He goes off for 111 rushing yards, three receptions. Is he, I'll just say, this, is he's the running back to own when Jacobs is out?
3: Yes, let's all pour one out for our Kenyon Drake hopes. You know, Kenyon Drake, RB16 last year ran for 955 yards and 10 touchdowns for a decent team in Arizona, signs a two-year $11 million deal, the biggest for a free agent running back, and apparently has no role on this team. Welcome to uh, maybe John Gruden's in that fishing boat, uh, that Fredo Corleone fishing boat with uh, Jason Garrett and, uh, and Matt Nagy and out there. I don't, you know... They're winning, so that's good. But uh, he said two weeks ago he was looking forward to seeing Peyton Barber and nothing really happened, which was not shocking. But we've seen Barber do this before. Just when you think you're out, he pulls you right back in, just so I can get another Godfather reference in there.
2: Yep. Yeah, I posted that. Up. Well, I did it of, of, of Sal uh, from Sopranos when the Josh Gordon signing got announced. I was like, just I thought they were out. They pull me back in. Love it. Uh yeah, I'm not giving up on Drake just yet because I'm with you. We've seen this out of Peyton Barber. I just don't think Peyton Barber's that good anymore. He's going to come crashing back down to earth. I would think any week now and as long as Jacobs is going to be out if he's going to be out for longer I think Drake is going to eventually be the guy, but Peyton Barber is going to be a thorn in all of our sides because that's just what John Gruden does. He he has never seen a veteran player he doesn't like. He loves to sign all of them and loves to just bring back the glory days. So I would uh, not be surprised if we don't see Pey- Peyton Barber go off for at least a couple more weeks. Last but not least, the very fun and entertaining Sunday night football game between the Green Bay Packers and the 49ers. Packers pull off a last-second win 30 to 28 Matt Adams is on a tear, but nearly got knocked out with a monster hit it was very concerning. Yeah. What would this passing game look like without him?
3: Yeah, I think that has to be a serious concern. We've we've wondered for a while, were they going to be able to develop anyone around him? Aaron Rodgers threw it 33 times. 18 of those targets go to Adams. He completed 23, 12 of them to Adams. He threw for 261 yards, 132 of that to Devontae Adams. They haven't developed much else around him. It looked like MVS pulled up lame at the end of the game too. That's something to be concerned about. Um, you know, a lot of talk was made about Randall Cobb coming back hasn't really been a factor. If you take out Adams or Jones as a piece out of this offense, I don't, I don't know what you get because A.J. Dillon hasn't looked that great either. They really, They're good when they have all three of those guys in there and clicking, but it was a very scary moment. I thought he was knocked unconscious. I was shocked yeah. he came back.
2: Uh, yeah, he can't. It felt like he came back in like a play later. It was very surprising. Yep. I, I did not. I was. I mean, I was terrified. I was getting ready to start saying all kinds of prayers to any god that was available to listen. Uh, it was not pretty because I have very many shares of Devontae Adams. He's one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, I was. I was honestly terrified. But I'm glad that he is back and healthy. I'm with. If he goes out, just you know, we thought we were putting the final nail in the coffin for Chris Herndon open up a casket for the green Bay Packers offense, because I don't think they're going to yeah. be able to do anything without Devonte Adams. Jimmy G played pretty well in this and the 49ers have been strong. How do you feel about this quarterback situation? We did get to see Trey Lance in this game again.
3: Yeah, but it seems like Trey Lance, they have a certain set of package plays that are mostly in the goal line, using him as a threat to run Jimmy Garoppolo you know, may not be incredible, but I don't know if he's done anything necessarily that would pull him out. I, he won that game last night. He led a very good drive, delivered the touchdown strike when he needed to. And then their defense, you know, with 37 seconds, apparently forgot Devontae Adams existed, left him open. Two, well, they thought they knocked him
2: out. Yeah, That was the whole point. Yeah.
3: You know, so, I don't see them making a switch anytime soon. Now, if they start cratering and you start seeing the wheels come off the bus, this seems like the one quarterback situation where Lance is going to have a defined role. We'll probably see him for a few plays every week, but I, I think they're comfortable with what they've got.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was probably the one, I'm I'm going to end up being wrong on this with you and Dennis. Uh, you guys both said you thought Jimmy G was going to play the whole season. I, I thought that Trey Lance was going to come in. Jimmy G has been playing very good. I don't, I mean, I assume Lance will still be in packages. I don't think he takes over the starting role Jimmy G keeps playing this. Like, so I'm with you. They're in these games, they've won a couple of them. They, they have a Super Bowl team around Jimmy Garoppolo, and it seems like Kyle Shanahan is more than happy in just having a team with a quarterback who distributes and relying on this running game, his passing weapons, and this defense. All right, as Matt mentioned earlier, we will not have a show tomorrow, so we will recap the Monday Night Football game on Wednesday when we preview the Thursday Night Football game. So we're going to give you guys your waiver targets for Week 4. We'll start at quarterback. The two bigger names, Teddy Bridgewater, is still somehow only rostered in 27.7% of leagues. And I think it's time to have that conversation about Sam Darnold. He's rostered 15%. He's been very good. What would you do with these two quarterbacks?
3: Teddy's been fine, and I know that I've been critical in the past, so I don't want this to to go wrong, but I'm actually leaning Darnold of these two, and let me tell you why. A, McCaffrey probably going to miss a few games. That'll put a little bit more on the passing game. He's also um, had some rushing TDs. Um, You know, I think they don't have a premier back, so he's in there. But Carolina's next five games, at the Cowboys, home for the Eagles, home for the Vikings, at the Giants, at the Falcons. None of those are defenses that scare you with the way Sam Darnold is playing, with the way their defense is playing, with needing to, to make up some things. DJ Moore's on a roll. They have some good weapons. I think he can give you good scores. I think Bridgewater's going to be fine too, but it's the difference. You know, Bridgewater's coming into a five-game stretch where you know, however we feel about these teams, they are are more of a challenge when you see the Ravens, the Raiders, the Steelers, the Browns, and Washington Football Team on the schedule than what Sam Darnold's going to face next five weeks.
2: Yeah, I would lean Darnold as well because I think he's got the higher ceiling. I think if you're wanting just a safe floor quarterback that's going to give you a consistent amount of points every single week, Teddy's your guy. Darnold has no chances, I think, for more explosive games because of the offense and the way they call the offense. Well, I like Denver's weapons, even with Judy and Hamler being out. They've got great running backs, good tight end. They've got Cortland Sutton. As you mentioned earlier, Patrick is more than a good enough fill-in guy, and we're going to talk about him later. we got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. I know CMC is out for a couple of weeks, but when he comes back, you know Tommy Tremble looked very good. Uh, in this past week as well, who we'll talk about as well. Uh, so I would go with Sam Darnold as well over Teddy Bridgeworth. I think he's got the higher ceiling. At running backs, we mentioned Christian McCaffrey is going to be out. That puts Chuba Hubbard and Royce Freeman as top guys for most people. Chuba Hubbard at 18.2% rostered and Royce Freeman at 0.6%. And then, of course, you've got the aforementioned Peyton Barber at 72
3: Yeah, I think for me, if I'm putting them in order I... – I'm putting Chu Hubbard one because I think he'll be in there for a couple more games, but it's pretty close with him and Peyton Barber. If I knew Jacobs was for sure going to miss a couple more games, I'd probably lean Peyton Barber just because he seems like he's getting opportunity. And I think Royce Freeman's going to be involved, but Hubbard did nothing in his limited touches to suggest he's not going to get more touches. 11 carries 52 yards was pretty good. He had a couple of passes. He looked more dynamic and more nifty. Freeman's going to be in there probably, you know, as, especially on pass blocking downs cuz he's very good at that. He's going to maybe be in heavier goal line packages, but I think Hubbard probably gets more work there.
2: Move it on to the wide receivers. You've got Emmanuel Sanders at 24.6%, Tim Patrick at 18, Deshaun Jackson at 1.9, Donovan Peoples-Jones at 1.8 and Anthony Miller at 0. 0.7. How would you rank these wide receivers for your waiver wire pickups in week 4?
3: I'm curious how you feel about Donovan Peoples-Jones. It looked pretty good with him being involved there. Jarvis Landry we know is going to miss some time. OBJ is back, but there is room for more than one guy uh, to be in there. But for me, my top pickup is going to be Tim Patrick. The Broncos are – Judy's still out for at least four weeks. Hamler's done for the season. It's going to be him and Cortland Sutton. Uh, and they don't have a lot behind them right now. They traded Trinity Benson to Detroit. So right now they have Kendall Hinton, who was our emergency quarterback last year, and they have Deontay Spencer, who is pretty much just a punt returner. Um, It remains a question who they bring in. So I I feel pretty good about Tim Patrick there. Uh, Behind him, I think I probably would take a shot on uh, Emmanuel Sanders. He seems like he's got a role then Donovan Peoples-Jones. Then Anthony Miller and then Deshaun Jackson. I know Jackson three for 120 and a touchdown, people got pumped. I feel like that's going to come or go. I liked the role Anthony Miller was developing in Houston. I just don't believe in the offense as much. And I think Donovan Peoples Jones looks like he's developing nicely.
2: Yeah, I mean, Tim Patrick would be the one for me as well. As you mentioned, I, I think his role is the most solidified because of the injuries. I like Emmanuel Sanders, and I do. I do like that he had a big game here. He was targeted a little bit in last week's game as well. So I don't want to say it was just a one-game sample size, but we've seen Dawson Knox coming on a little bit. I expect Stephon Diggs is going to be better. Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis. So I'm a little bit worried about him. Donovan Peoples Jones. I like what he saw. What we saw out of him, and he flashed last year as well. They get the Vikings next week, which has shown that they are not a very, they're very pass-friendly defense that you can play on. Then they get the Chargers, the Cardinals, Broncos, Steelers. I don't love that run when it comes to passing um, you know, Broncos, I know have a very good secondary, the Cardinals, I feel like have been fairly good against the pass. We, we expected some of these games to be shootouts and Cardinals have actually kept everything pretty close. They haven't given up a ton of big plays Steelers, you know, the Brown Steelers always are going to play each other tough. And I just don't think the Steelers are going to give anything up. And then, then actually after that, you get the Patriots and then Ravens and then Raiders, then Packers. So they've got a lot of tough games coming up on their schedule. So, I like Donovan Peoples Jones a lot, but I don't. I think his upside is going to be limited a little bit. And then once Jarvis comes back, I'm not sure that you're going to be able to start him. So for me, I would go Patrick first, probably Sanders, and then honestly, I, I mean, I'd probably go DPJ next. But I'm going to be honest; those next three are I, I don't want any of them. If I don't, if I really don't need the spot, I wouldn't worry about him because I, I kind of think each of them
3: deeply flexed. Yeah, it, it, bi week kind of injury flex.
2: The, the very interesting one, because we're, in my opinion, everybody outside of probably three people, or maybe four people, are looking for a tight end. Tyler Conklin at 3.3%. Dawson Knox, who has now had three good weeks in a row at 67 Pat Fryer 63 And then Tommy Tremble, 0.1%. And I guarantee you those that 0.1% comes from all the rosters he is on. Felix, because Felix loved this guy coming out of Notre Dame. He drafted him everywhere. Matt did too. I know. Yes, but I just nobody him else back was drafting squads. Him. Nobody else was drafting him except for you two. So that's probably where that point one percent comes in.
3: Yeah, but so it was interesting to see how they schemed for him, and they said they were excited, and then they immediately t- traded the starter in front of him. I know Ian Thomas is there, but he, actually, he might not still. Oh my God! Did you hear that? No, I didn't. Oh, sorry. There or was, was a large crack of thunder. So oh. it was almost a uh, a wet situation down here. Uh, but so I'm back in on Dawson Knox. He's my top pickup there because I like the Bills offense. Uh we've seen flashes from him. We were worried that he wasn't going to get consistency, but I'm back on that train and it feels so right. Uh after that, Friarmouth, um I've been, you know, he's gotten quite a few targets the last couple of games. Looks like Eric Ebron has kind of Falling off, Pratt Firemuth is doing what Dennis hoped uh, Donald Parham would do to Jared Cook. Uh, he looks like he's coming on. Usually it takes young tight ends a little while to develop. Then after that, I'm taking Tommy Tremble because I'm excited about that passing offense. And then Tyler Conklin. It's not that I don't think Tyler Conklin's done well, but when Cook is in there, and even last week with Madison, you have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne's been good. You have a running back. Tyler Conklin's fourth or fifth option at best, maybe sixth option some weeks. So I I like the opportunity perhaps for some of the other guys.
2: Yeah. For me, number one is going to, it's gotta be Dawson Knox, baby. Like no, nobody has what the, nobody has, whatever hell has no fury, like Dawson Knox scoring or whatever. He's been kicked to the curb multiple years in a row. It is finally his time. I am all in on Dawson Knox. After Knox, um man, it probably is gonna be Conklin. I, I don't want to be all in on just what he did last week, but he's gotten targets every single week. You know, we saw KJ Osborne take a little bit of a step back. Then it would probably be tremble for me over Fryermuth because I like that offense better. I, I know Ooh. Fryermuth's probably gonna get those targets once Deontay comes back, though. I don't know. And I don't trust Big Ben. So I would put Fryermouth fourth. That will do it, though, for us today. Again, no episode tomorrow. Matt and myself will be off. We will be back, though, on Wednesday to recap the new Monday Night Football game, which should be good, kicking off any minute here between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. And then we will, re- or we will preview the Thursday night the game which is, I don't remember. The, the
3: Jaguars name. at the Bengals.
2: So that's going to be a horrible game, but we can profess our love for Jamar Chase and how great right. he's going to look. It's going to be good for the Bengals, for
3: those yeah, people exactly. that we're hoping yeah, the Bengals yeah. would stay in the division hunt for a little while longer.
2: No, they're going to finish third. Steelers are finishing last.
0: Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your on there. Do you got your on red? I came out the whole out already. Unbelievable touchdown! I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! please! Oh, will they tackle him in the corner? Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can! <laughs> I can. <laughs>